Greetings, boys and girls. You're listening to Crypt Creepers, the only podcast for werewolf foundlings. I'm Thomas Johnson, and sporting her jauntiest coonskin cap is my own personal 1950s troublemaker, Little Mary Johnston. That's oh, me. I'm I'm setting off fire firecrackers underneath coffee putting cans. A, putting and a cherry bomb in the commode. Point at yourself with your pie, thumb. Stealing pies off windowsills. All the things. <laughs> slow there again this this is a as you mentioned at the top a werewolf and dracula picture um and it is directed by one j michael riva I'm going to mm-hmm. say. Sure. Um, like a lot of the people who are involved and 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 uh, and selected uh, from many wonderful candidates to direct episodes of Tales from the Crypt, this human being is not typically considered a director. I think this is one of his two things he's ever directed. However, he is a he is a pretty celebrated production designer, and he did worked on a lot of cool stuff. Um, mm-hmm. He worked on the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, cool. Uh, the color purple. Mm-hmm. Tango and oh, Cash. Oh, cool. Yep. What, Tango and Cash. My reaction to the color purple is exactly the same. Man, Tango and Cash whips ass. So does the color purple. <laughs> You're like, Tango and Cash, what a great movie. The color purple, important. You're like, can you hear me? Can I verbalize me rising to my feet and bowing at the waist? Um, Iron Man 1 and 2. And uh, Django Unchained. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's kind of all over the place, but I like a lot of those movies. Well, right. And you, I feel like with production designers, t- typically you think, oh, they have like a style or a niche. This guy is like, yeah. just kind of like does all kinds of different stuff, which is really cool. His style is, does this kick ass? <laughs> yeah. He looks, he basically looks at a set and is like, I'm going to remove everything that doesn't kick ass. <laughs> this, this weird mirror mat, rat maze definitely kicks ass. I just imagine they were like, yeah, they wanted to put like Tony Stark in a hat or something. I had to put a stop to that. They wanted Tony Stark to wear a trilby for most of the movie. <laughs> They're like, they were like, they thought for a minute, how are we? We can't have a gun boot. The mirror won't shatter right. And I was like, yep. oh, absolutely. We can make that mirror shadow right. Shatter right. Not on my watch. You're not going to have a gun boot. So uh, this cast has a return of one of our favorite favorites, Larry Drake. He's back. We've, oh yes. We of course remember him, Good old killer Santa, as the deranged Santa in All Through the House. Um, we talked extensively about his career in that one, and I will not repeat myself. But yeah, he's Doctor he's Doctor Giggles, right? Yes. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but he's just a wonderful character actor, and I instead decided I would look up some things that he said about his own acting. Oh, yeah. Um, I did not know this, but he was. Uh, he played a uh, mentally handicapped person quite famously on an episode of uh, like L.A. Law or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and so people his entire life were like, how do you go from pl-? who is like this like like sweet, innocent sort of figure? And see, people yeah. all the time would be like, how do you go back and forth between playing like lovable people and creepy people? They were very interested <laughs> in that. And this is what he had to say. 
about which one he liked playing better. He said he liked playing villains better because he said evil characters are usually more memorable to audiences because you don't see them every day. What you mm-hmm. do see are people trying to get by and be socially accepted and follow most rules. I mean, nobody slows down on the freeway when things are going well. They slow down when there's an accident to see if they can see some blood. Ooh. <laughs> He's so right. That's <laughs> true. So um, that that was a little fun. He uh, he actually he was pretty he was pretty well spoken. I liked I liked a lot of his quotes, but that was my favorite. I thought that was going to be like a Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. How do I act so, so well? well. <laughs> um, People told me <laughs> the other important person in this is Miss Miss Col- Mrs. Colbert, who's the uh, the lady vampire, the mom vampire. That adopts. Please, please. These vampires are definitely Draculas. But yeah, the the mom Dracula, the dra- the the lady Dracula Dracumon. that um, adopts Theodore with her with her man man Dracula. Hmm, a fine boy. Yes. Um, Looking forward to having him. And that is Grace uh, Zabriskie. Mm-hmm. Um, who was her childhood? She was called Amazing Grace Zabriskie. She was born in New Orleans, <laughs> oh, yeah. Louisiana. And this, this just this this, this I, I swear I didn't know, know this beforehand, but that's very that's very uh, righteous gemstones, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little amazing grace of risky. <laughs> for the Lord. But I, I guess kind of these people were uh, the people her parents were part of sort of the um, intellectual Southern glitterati. Um, she had a relative who was a 19th century railroad industriist. And mm-hmm. one of the first people, like, of westward expansion, like, pioneered sure. California. Probably, like... Never did anything wrong with the railroads. Sure, a net good. I'm sure that that person's a very bad person. But they had a lot of money, right? right? Yeah, sure, sure. No, I understand. I understand. Yeah. So, uh... So her her mom, Marion, and her dad, Tom, would commonly uh, have their good family friends, Tennessee Williams, Gore Vidal, <laughs> and Truman Capote come over... And I bet uh, that was that was a heck of a dinner, a yeah, family barbecue. Crazy. Um, and uh, and they would have little Amazing Grace uh, come out and sing and like entertain, mm-hmm. right? Like stir 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 the martinis so as not to bruise the gin. I'm sure those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Her father also um, owned the uh, famous uh, French Quarter uh, gay bar, uh, Cafe Lafitte. Hmm. Um, and most importantly, she is Sarah Palmer from Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she has like a bunch of cool. Uh, she's one of um, she's still alive. She's still working. She's one of um, obviously David Lynch's favorites. He's cast her in other mm-hmm. things, um, but she mostly does like kind of cool, smaller parts on um, like art house pictures. Now I'm pretending that David Lynch also was going to the family barbecue with Gore Vidal and Tennessee Williams. Well, I would now. It's interesting. And, uh, and what's his name? Yeah. Truman Capote. And Truman Capote. Nice title. There's a lot of wild voices at that party. <laughs> That's no I, wonder. They probably, to, like, Tom Tom was like, hey, hey, Grace, come out here and, uh, and, and sing a song so that we don't have to hear these wild voices anymore. <laughs> Williams keeps getting up and pacing around and sweating and yelling about things. Tennessee Williams keeps getting so drunk he cannot speak. <laughs> we need a distraction. <laughs> it's like what like some would say that's the only good thing about his drinking. <laughs> um, so what's this episode about? 
Okay. Theodore is an orphan with a terrible secret. Too old and mischievous to be traditionally adopted, it is a stroke of rare fortune when the rich and mysterious Colbert couple whisk him away from the orphanage for a life of wealth, privilege, and towels with his initials on them. (laughs) The Colberts have a terrible and deadly secret of their own, however, and a reckoning occurs on the grounds of their mansion one terrible night. Child versus parent, orphan versus aristocrat. Vampire versus werewolf? Whose cuisine shall reign supreme? (laughs) (laughs) That was a little... (laughs) I think my my summaries get a little bit more and more unhinged. It's all been downhill since the uh, the one I did that was like, blah, blah, nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like to just describe at best the first quarter. Of, sure. of it, and then and then ask the the audience a pointed question, which we will then not really fully explain about what's going to happen at the end. That's my favorite way. To so yours would be like Theodore is an orphan; he gets adopted. Things happen. Yeah, yeah. Mine would be like Theodore is an, is, uh, an orphan. His his adoptive parents are weird. Who's hungrier? <laughs> question mark. Um, Maybe you should sing it like that. Uh, this is real inside baseball, like that Celtic or uh, minstrel boy. The, you know, the minstrel boy to the war has gone. But instead, it's like the werewolf boy to the Colberts is gone. You will find him locked in his barred room. <laughs> um, I was thinking that you were just going to suggest that this is like food, glorious food. I felt yeah, like this that, yes. beautifully wove together, like little orphan Annie and Oliver. Lots of like. Good yes. orphan tales were referenced no, here. No, I I love this episode. It's it looks beautiful. It's pretty pretty tight story. It has lots of great like kid energy. Uh, that's why I keep insisting that the vampires are Draculas. Uh, it, it 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 works on all levels for me. Yeah, I um, maybe it's just because it's it's we're coming up fast on the holidays, the holly jolly fest fest the holly jolly. Holiday now, do you, season. Do you celebrate Festivus? I know you're you're an no. A number one Seinfeld fan. Are you? Are, do you have a Festivus poll? Are you going to do some feats of strength? Care for Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> but this this episode felt like a Christmas story. Everything has that warm yes. red look. It's like very jolly. There's lots of light classical music playing over montages of excess. Like it's yeah, you no, know. definitely. There's it has a lot of the uh, family favorite crowds. Child's Christmas in Wales TV adaptation. It looks Whenever ex- there isn't, you know, like yelling and running and monsters. <laughs> yeah, it does. With, it feels with, exactly like that. Or like the few scenes um, in Home Alone where they're like panning over Christmas trees. It has that look to it. Mm-hmm. This also, I think, kind of has like it felt to me like a like like a forgotten Spielberg joint or something. Kind of has that like idealized like it's it's the 1950s past or maybe maybe like Stephen King when he's not being real gross. Um, it's not it's not in Maine or anything, but just that kind of you know like spooky is this, things wait, is and adventures for kids. I don't think so. Yeah, no. No, I mean it's it's like any town. You it's set in the same town as Gremlins. <laughs> this is Gremlins in the past. Yeah, it's like it's like if Indiana was on the East Coast, is what those towns yes. are all are like. <laughs> um, it's like it's like bland and normal, but like a little bit bouge. Because yeah. nobody on uh, in the film is is poor. Um, even the even the orphan has like a a wicked a wi- a wicked coonskin cap. Yeah, 
Which, but, but, but also, I don't know, it does a good job, though, with that in the sort of little orphanage. Like, you know, that's like his prized possession. Mm-hmm. You also know that, like, somehow, improbably, it's the only thing he's ever had. Like, when he was a little baby, like, you'll have, like, flashbacks to him with the coonskin cap. Where, somehow wearing the coonskin cap right, still, right. yeah. Right, right. Like, like did the, is it was the hat the only thing his pa ever gave him? Who knows? Probably. He ditches it at the end, though, right? Yep. When he becomes when he, a, when he becomes a, a little Doogie Hauser. Yeah, when he, I think he returns, we'll, we'll get to this, but I think he returns home clad as a young king, having understood his birthright and blood, rather like Odysseus, returning to his home in Ithaca to set things right in the house. Are you suggesting that <laughs> all orphanages should be run by werewolves? Because I'm, I'm, I could be interested in that. Yeah, Loki, yes. And uh, Miss, uh, what's, what's her name? Miss Heather? Is she the good? Miss yeah, Miss Hag- Heather. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss Heather, she, he needs to tell that Miss Hagstead to go take a hike. <laughs> she's she's to give Miss Hagstead the air. Miss um, Hagstead, you need to sit down. Have several seats, Miss Hagstead. Um, so do you? So do you think? So so you know, uh, media for children, media for adults that are about children. Uh, Tales from the Crypt. Is there a moral here? Do you think there's a strong moral? No, but I do think there's like a weird through thread of consumerism, which I enjoyed. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, and literally, right? Because he's hungry. Right, right. See, mine are secret secrets are no fun, ellipsis. <laughs> and then children hold terrible power. And then it says, don't eat orphans under a full moon. Yeah. Yeah. If they had waited another day, it would fine. Um, right. They, in fact, were waiting like until the it, 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 uh, their plan does not does not. Uh, they were not crossing their T's and dotting their eyes. But this is so this is is this am I correct? Is this the first episode we've seen with vampires? I think so. I don't think we've seen them with vampires. But I think it's is, funny that they, the first bad thing that they do is not that they're planning on eating him. No, no. It's that they're just like throwing things at him that he wants, but not spending time with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. It's, it's a great, and it's, it's like a, it's like a background. You know, I don't think that this is, this isn't like a, you a know, searing you know, a studied, indictment, a studied meditation on child abandonment. But yeah, I like it that they adopt him and then basically lock him in a room full of toys and candy or toys and cakes, and are basically like, oh, hello, yes, it's great to see you. Okay, goodbye. We have to go to work. We have to go to parties. I like it that as vampires they go to paint the town red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I think that I think that really what it comes down to is like eating things, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the consuming yeah, yes. nature, like the 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 uh, buying things is also an act of consumption. And he's so hungry and they're so hungry. Did you think that they were vampires when you watched it the first time? What did you think was going to happen? I like- don't think that I at any point thought they weren't going to eat him. I don't know if I thought that they were vampires, but like once they put him in the room and they're like making him like like fattening him up, I think it's you pretty much know. Right. Yeah, I thought but I didn't I didn't think they were vampires. I thought they were going to be like cannibals or I, th- I was like is this going to get like super dark? Are we are they going to like sacri- is this going to turn into the wicker man, you know? I yeah, um, I I thought they were just going to eat him. I did not think yeah. I was actually if they I don't mind them being vampires. I would have preferred for him to be something weirder. Yeah, but okay, but I think that that but I I hear what you're saying. But I think that the fact that his secret is that he is a werewolf with a taste for vampire blood or whatever it is that he says fits great because this is like a story for kids. And that's what, you know, the vampires, the Draculas, it's a werewolf. It's like the universal monsters, you know, 
And I also think that the great thing with the scene, remember, he's like, I have a secret, too. And my secret is better than your secret, which is totally the way kids play where it's like, I'm Darth Vader. And then you're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm like Wolverine. But after he absorbs the powers of Professor X and also I'm God and also I have Thor's hammer. Yeah, no, I no, I liked all of you that. Know, it totally is I like that. It's been... totally the like, like, like boys running around with water pistols, like shouting about how powerful they are. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't mean him to be something that I recognized. I would have been totally fine if he know, just yeah, like yeah. unhinged his jaw and like uh, yeah, swallowed right. them whole. That would have been fine. Yeah, if he was, if he was whatever the the bad guys are in Blade Two, those things like the vampire vampires. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I think if he was just like, just like a weird, even if he was just like, I'm a weird, powerful cannibal, I would have been okay with that. <laughs> I'm also a vampire. <laughs> I Wait, thought what? for a minute, once I realized that they were vampires, I was like, what if he's going to be a vampire too? But yeah, I mean, I knew yeah. that there had to be some sort of twist. Right. Yeah. yeah. The secret. The secret. I thought about it. I thought, I thought, I, I think it rations out the secrets pretty good. I, like I said, vampire, the werewolf, I think the werewolf, um, like uh, part kind of disarms it a little bit, makes it more like a little bit more campy. Yes. Um, well, because he over explains it. He's like, I'm a werewolf. And you're like, oh, yeah, a werewolf can kick a vampire's butt. And then he's like, think so. And I like to eat vampires. Well, that, at least like and I like to eat vampires doesn't imply that he can kick their butts. <laughs> it's just like he's like, and I would eat a vampire. You're like, well, of course you need anything. You're a werewolf. You're crazy, man. Yeah. 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 Sure. <laughs> you're like crazy you're crazy powerful vampire werewolves for sure and the way so, that they pose it like he gets much bigger than they are yeah I, I think so yeah, yeah, I think I, in I, general werewolves could kick vampires butts yeah that's definitely true in the world of darkness RPG hmm. there you go well because they become like <laughs> literal literal wild animals and vampires are supposed to just be like like taking yeah. advantage of human frailty with their like weird sexual wiles so. Yeah, but we also have, but I feel like we also do that kind of weird thing where vampires were like, there are a ton of vampire movies I can think of. There aren't that many like werewolf movies. Yeah. And I think like we've sort of inflated, you know, with kind of the like only lovers left alive kind of where it's like vampires are impossibly old and are basically also, uh, you, you, you know, you know, are playing for uh, 16th dimensional chess. And of course, they're the most powerful and sexual beings. And, they're so powerful, they're bored with being alive. You know, that sort of thing. We have I a lot mean, more of that. Whereas, like, a werewolf is just kind of like, yeah, dude, it's a werewolf. <laughs> it's going to, like, tear your head off or whatever. Shoot it with a silver bullet. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like vampires generally come off as more frail than uh, than vampires do. Like, you think so? Yeah. yeah. They, ha- they have a lot more weird weaknesses. Yeah. Well... It's like the difference between being like, uh, being like, I'm a poisonous viper and being like, yo, I'm a big old Kodiak bear. You're like, (laughs) yeah, okay. (laughs) Right on. Both can hurt people, but I'm pretty sure the bear would win if you were in some sort of weird bear snake fight. (laughs) Oh, man. We have to, I I can't. can't. (laughs) Sorry, absolutely. I'm Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yeah, well, I'm Joe Rogan. I'm going to punch you in the gut. <laughs> or, uh, I mean, it's like the difference between, like, I am Doctor Strange. I'm very powerful. I'm the Hulk! Smash, smash! <laughs> Boom! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to the moon! No, I mean, that's how far I'm going to punch you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And then as he's, like, being, as he's leaving leaving Earth orbit, he's like, but I was in Sherlock. He's like, I can literally control things with my mom. <laughs> And the Hulk is like, season four was bad. Series Hulk no like series four. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. I would. I have seen so few Marvel movies at this point. It's laughable. Oh, I'm just making fun of Sherlock. No, but the so there there were some other things I noticed that I liked. I liked that the dog. What was the dog? The dog has an awesome like like Klaatu Barafa Niktu. The dog has some sort of like you know Romanian name or something. But they have a dog. They have a hound of hell, mm-hmm. which is like. Is that is that a real part of vampire myth or is that just something that they have here and also something that was in Lost Boys? Who knows? I mean, like vampires, vampires have all those and rice vampires don't have dogs as far as I can tell. Yeah, but vampires like for a while, vampires and witches and werewolves were all basically the same thing, which is just (laughs) like you are pissing off your town's magistrate and you need to be drowned in a well. Yeah, you're like you're just like different flavors of Satanists. Yeah, you guys are all like weird. You guys are like in with the devil or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like and also we draw on I mean, like most of our vampire, like what we think of vampireism came from like the early 18th century in Europe. But Mm -hmm. We, I mean, like vampires, the idea of like a, a blood sucking demon kind of creature that that follow like like oh can only appear in mo- and like at night yeah that, that follows a bunch of like weird rules yeah who makes all these rules yeah um have been with us for like millennia and have and like go back mm-hmm. to like ancient Greeks had a Mesopotamians had them Romans had right, right. them the Hebrews I, had I, them everybody has them. I like that a lot of these vampires also, like, historically, because it makes sense, like, seem to spend about as much time, like, biting farm animals as they do people. Well, I mean, that was pretty important, you know, right? right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. No, yeah. right. But you know what I mean, though? Like, usually they're like, yeah, it would usually drink the blood of cows or, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the, the chupacabra. Well, there's only so many people you can be moonily seducing at one yeah. time. Occasionally, you just need a little quick fix. You just, just nip on a cow. <laughs> Exanguinate a cow. Dude, I get it. I like to eat cows, too. Yeah, we love cows. I super get it. That's, that just shows you that vampires are all American. So let's talk about Tobias, uh, who I think is the, I mean, you're right, is the standout performance. He has all the pathos and everything. Yes. Um, well, and he I think knits it's, it all together. I think everyone's yeah. pretty good in this. Actually. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. The acting is good, especially for like an obnoxious little what I would call a Joey style child actor, you know? Yeah. Like you're, when, the minute you see that coonskin cap, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. This, this, this kid's going to be insufferable. And he's not. He's not terrible. No, no, no. You're like, this kid fell off the wagon in the apple dumpling gang, but he's yeah, not like right. that at all. Yeah. No, he does a good job. But, but Tobias is a straight up Guillermo, right? Mm-hmm. He t- like so much so, um, even with the, pro- as it turns out, the promise of vampirism, which is, they don't spend very much time with this, but when you think about it, how dark and horrible is that, that they're making Tobias take care of the boy? It's like the, like, I feel like you, you see this, this is definitely an apocryphal story, I think. Um, you'll see it, like, with the SS or the Spetsnaz, and they're like, so here's the deal. They make you take care of a puppy, and then at the end of training, you have to kill the puppy to show. But, but like, literally, that's what Tobias is doing here, right? They're like, take care of this boy and, like, see, see to him and everything. Maybe they're not, they don't want him to, like, develop empathy for the boy. But it's definitely, like, take care of this thing. And then is the plan that they're going to eat him or is Tobias going to eat him? Uh, they're going to eat him. Yeah, they're going to eat him, but then they're going to make Tobias. It's going to be like the payout for him right, to become right, a vampire. Right, right. Or but, maybe I'm they'll sorry, just... I, I get the sense that these culverts are going to move the goalposts on him again, but yeah. Yeah. Classic he's, Guillermo. He's too good at buttling around their house. They're not going to let him. They're not going to mm-hmm. let him off easy. Um, do, yeah. you think that the, do you think that the Toby Tobias... You're a Toby too. 
Do you think that that is is thematically is interesting Theodore or rich? short for Toby? Um, it doesn't. Yeah, or I think so. Yeah, they make a big deal of it. I always think of it as being Theo's. Yeah. I, I I mean I think that that's just kind of there when it's like the human in me sees the human in you. We're, we're well, and definitely like souls. Tobias was also an orphan and also right, blah right. blah blah blah. So like yeah, I think that they're trying to they're trying but, to but, give. But I think it's just I think it's just like an empathy thing. I don't think that it, it, we're not supposed to be like and maybe Theodore will become Tobias in the fu- in the future. They will let. I don't think it's no, they're no, just going to no. eat him. Yeah. Yeah. When Do they, you think a little kid can make a uh, strawberry shortcake for another little kid? No way. <laughs> I don't know. We also love like culturally. We love the like ch- the only thing that we like more than like sexy lady or sexy man vampires are weird child vampires. Yeah, we and also it. we like to make the weird child vampire be like, even though he's a child, he is the most powerful and evil of them all. <laughs> yeah. I, do you think it's because like both children and vampires sort of in like. Not a depressing way, the way an old person would, <laughs> but remind us of mortality, like yeah. fleeting moments, ca- lightning I mean, in a bottle. <laughs> they both suck the life out of you. <laughs> they remind you of that you will, you too, that all men must die. No, no, no I was kidding. Um, the uh, I also like that they describe him as our little orphan delicacy, and they say, "But his blood is so sweet now." Their plan is weird. Like, they're fattening up Theodore so they can eat him. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they're not... He's not, like, eating, like, steaks. They're not, like, expand that blood volume. Let's have you train at altitude, son. No, no, no. They love... um, They, like, they do the thing where it's, like, if a kid just could do whatever they wanted, they would just eat candy. He just, like, eats, like... Just eating kike. I had a couple boxes of Cracker Jacks about an hour. (laughs) He says it the way you'd be, like, I had a couple drinks. I smoked an entire pack of cigarettes. Yeah. A couple of boxes of Cracker Jacks. I want to see the, them prizes. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I, what I, what I laughed about is his blood is so sweet. I'm like, no, but it's not. Can the vampires taste his blood sugar? Maybe. <laughs> get, get his blood sugar way off there. Delicious. Yummy. It's like drinking port. <laughs> Can I have a glass of milk? How about a milkshake? What a great <laughs> idea. That was that, that that moment is a is a um and tell her I took away your Xbox moment. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> it's a sky high reveal. Like, hey. Yep. But that's also when you know that he's really in trouble. You're like, oh no. Yeah. Oh, oh there no. are bars on all the windows, and you're like, oh, I want to believe that for about a second and a half. Yeah. Yup. I like the idea that the Colberts also are at work during the day. That's such a as a as a working parent that resonates with me in sort of a bad way but also that of course when they're at work they're just like sleeping in a coffin somewhere in the house yep just like an office job yep just Um, just push your gray face into a coffin i also liked um i was hoping there was some payoff here but i don't think that where they say some of these objects are extremely old and um, I was like, oh, he's going to be an object in their house somehow. Mm. Um, but it, like they're collectors. Know, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what you know, like they're going to because right then he's in a room that's kind of a cage. And I was like, is there going to is there going to be something where they like like bronze him? And I don't know. But it, it, all of this is to say they do a great job of uh, showing of uh creating a sense of menace and dread attached to these vampiric parents without really tipping their hand one way or another. It's just kind of like everything is a little bit uncanny and off, yeah. you know, like 
I they could be Martians. Don't touch stuff, I think, kind of betrays that they, um, like, the reason they don't want him to touch anything is because they're not actually intending on having him be part yeah, of yeah, their family really very kid. long. Yeah, he's not really 100%. So, like, they don't want him to break their stuff. But, like, in a completely different uh, kind of thing, right, but but in a completely different kind of show, this could then be, like, just, just preface to, like, massive amounts of child abuse or... Sure. Y- y- you know what I mean? It could be anything. Very um, flowers in the attic, except, you know... Right, somehow right. way more plausible. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like in the same way in, um, I mean, American Psycho, where he uh, where he yells at Joan for not using a coaster for her for her uh, for the ice cream. Yep. Yep. And you're just like, oh, yeah, he he's not interested. In, he's he's more interested in the thing in his things than he is in this person that he's trying to romance. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you may want to. I think you probably want to talk about this more, but I see this as a natural seg point. Um, vampires represent cons- consumption and parasite. And I think that, you know, can in some cases, uh, be sort of like, and, and these are like rich upper, they're always rich and upper class and weirdly foreign, which can get into weird xenophobia, but, but also can be sort of the, the idea of like capitalist overlords are like vampires on the worker's neck. But I am sitting here looking at my bookshelf. I actually have a book that posits that. Lenin and the other communists were vampires <laughs> coming out of like Roma- Romania, which is, of course, the Eastern Bloc country. So also communists and socialists are vampires too. everyone is a van. Everyone's a Dracula. Everyone's Dracula. Um, yeah. I, the thing that struck me is uh, basically people. The one of the older traditions that I think still kind of holds true about vampires um, and it's funnier if you think about it in an American context, but the idea was that vampires were supposed to be your dead relatives that rose from the grave and then came back to get you their relatives, right? And mm-hmm. of course, that's because, you know, everybody lived in a town and how many people were there. Right, right. Everybody was everybody else's relative, right. kind of. But I do think it's funny to think of, like, Americans, like, we have kind of this idea of, like, vampires coming over from uh, right. the, the Dracula myth where you have... Um, uh, a mm-hmm. vampire traveling by boat and then it's sort of like so it's you could make an argument on the one hand it's sort of like the blood sucking um relative our blood sucking relatives from the old country have now mm-hmm. shown up to like drain us of our resources um which is sort of funny um mm-hmm. or maybe it's like this destructive uh ghoul from our past from wh- where we came from is here to remind us that we are draining resources from the people who lived here. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I you need to you, you need to work on this script, Mary. It's a bunch of like boomer vampires who are like sharing terrible memes on Facebook with like a bunch of zoom with their zoomer children who are like, we gotta stake grandma. <laughs> yeah, right. It's interesting. It's yeah, an interesting yeah. idea. But so I thought that that was funny and actually kind of went well with this like the idea of like I was like, why don't they just like kidnap somebody? Why do they have to adopt somebody? Yes, yeah, so they're plant. This is the are we get, do the, are these vampires eating other people? Is the only way they can get a kid to like do this like cockamamie adoption and fattening yeah. scheme? I don't know. No, no, are they, are they like just running around red. biting cows and horses? What's going on? <laughs> no, I mean they're, they're painting the town red. Right? They're definitely killing people, but that this is just like some sort of weird like kinky scene that they're into. So, but the idea of vampires <laughs> showing up to <laughs> this, eat this kid is the Kobe beef. <laughs> Yeah, the idea of people showing up at their family's doors to eat them after they've turned into vampires is a very old idea. So I thought it was kind of funny to think about it in a very modern context where it'd be like, well, we can't have a child of our own to eat. So we're going to adopt one, you know, to eat. Yeah. 
<laughs> I imagine though, like all the like old vampire myths and stuff, where it's like knock knock knock, and it's like Uncle Fred, but you died last week. Hey, uh, how about if you invite me inside? <laughs> and you're like, not so fast, dick bag. I'm not inviting you, and you're a vampire. No, I'm not. And then you like drop a bunch of paper clips on the floor, and he's like, oh no, I have to count and One, pick them all two, up. One, two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> you stay out there. <laughs> oh come on, let me in. You stay out there, then you're like, nobody can go outside until morning. Otherwise, your uncle will literally murder you. Look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah, that guy's definitely a Dracula. That guy's a Dracula for sure. 100%. I liked that in the orphanage um, that uh, that uh, that uh, uh, Theodore sneaks downstairs and uh, he is eating a single chicken leg on an open plate and a single apple on an open plate. In the uh, in the in the fridge, there also is a single unpeeled onion in the refrigerator too. Um, it's sort of like it's like the automat style refrigerator. It's just like next time you reach in, there's also just it's just replaced by human yeah, hands. It's just, there also is another different single chicken leg. Uh, it actually, uh, I'll bring this up actually in Gremlins, but in Gremlins they also have like an unguarded, uncovered plate of chicken legs in the fridge. It's weird. Oh man, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you wonder about this orphan. So I, I feel like that actually is like brilliantly done because you're like, oh, he's hungry because he's an orphan and there's not enough food. Not like, oh, he's hungry because he's secretly an enormous wolf. <laughs> yeah. OK. Yes. Yeah, so let, let's talk about this. So when he periodically runs away at night, he's totally like werewolfing it up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He just so, doesn't like know or remember. OK. Or maybe he does. So I liked this a lot. This is where my ambush coming up. I liked yeah. this a lot. I mm-hmm. thought this was a great episode. There are parts of it that I'm pretty sure don't make sense or mm-hmm. could be connected. For example, didn't you kind of get the feeling that Mrs. Hagstead knew that he was a, va- a werewolf or like <laughs> or like knew what was going on? And yet she seemed very surprised that he was like back. Is she afraid of him? Yeah. yeah. No, I am. Um, yes. I. My, that's my, my, my ambitious thing. Like, what does Mrs. Hagstead know? I think that they um, could have tightened that up for us. Also, did he kill his parents or were his parents right, killed in right, a right. werewolf attack? In a werewolf attack. And now he is. He's like. Uh, yeah. And, you know, maybe that's what maybe Miss Hagstead has like a flawed understanding. Like she knows that that uh, that uh, Theodore's parents were killed in a werewolf attack or something. And so now he's like a cursed child. She doesn't know that he like Blade is now like a daywalker who must walk the earth and kill vampires. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, she stri- she straight up knows that he's a, or she at least knows his powerful animal magnetism at the end intimidates her, so she knows like not to mess with him. But I think so. I think she doesn't know. Do you think she knows that the Colberts are vampires? No, no. But I also think that she doesn't necessarily think that they necessarily have uh, Theodore's best interests at heart. No, she definitely wants to get rid of Theodore because I think she knows right. he's dangerous, but. Right doesn't and doesn't ask too many questions but i don't think she knows i don't think she knows that they're gonna eat him right i don't think that she's like evil i, don't I think she's, she's a bad just person. kind of a yeah yeah she's just like oh thank god like we got to get this kid out of here he's trouble so basically i guess what i'm saying is i feel like all of the symbols that the orphanage is bad is actually just like sort of cover for the fact that he's a werewolf like where you're like oh there's not enough food oh yeah, mrs hagstead yeah. Seems like she, like, doesn't really have his best interests at heart and, like, all these things. And then so when he shows up, he's like, things are going to be different here. I'm like, maybe you should show up at a different orphanage because I think this orphanage is actually running kind of okay. Well, no, no, but, like, Miss Heather, like, shows, but, like, when he has the flashback when he's playing cards with uh, Tobias 
and he realizes that like the orphanage is his real home because he had real affection and human connection. Mm-hmm. You see him like goofing around at the sink and Miss Heather is there. It's definitely a sort of like, uh, you know, like, like, like cloth mother, wire mother. It's a good mother, bad mother kind of thing. And I think what's going to happen is going to be like, Miss Heather's going to be more in charge in this orphanage and we're going to we're gonna love each other and like read stories at night. I mean, like, I think it's more like that than like, you know, straight up murdering Miss Hagstead or something. <laughs> yeah. Those vampires really messed up, not just like kidnapping a child, because now that child has access to their vast vampire fortune. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I do like that. He again, I, like I said, he returns like a young king ready to set his kingdom in order. <laughs> He has like the dapper millionaire hair and a little ascot. He's like he's wearing a smoking like, jacket. Yeah, I care exactly. This is me basically is like, oh, good evening, Miss Hagstead. It's me. I've returned. Hello, hello. <laughs> what ho? What ho? What ho? Clearly, I am now Richie Rich. Yep, it's I. I I'm here for what I'm going to call the blank check thrill. Mm-hmm. I think this this episode also speaks to a lot of things that um totally resonate with children um not not just eating but this idea of like inscrutable remote authority that 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 may or may not want to hurt you or make sense which is like the you know the culverts and that kind of just the world but also secrets kids love secrets um they love dumb secrets and they love like horrible (laughs) secrets and uh i think that uh, you know the the name of this episode is the The secrets so i so I would say maybe that's uh, something to do here. But but anyway, just to say that I think that um, this is a great spooky story for a kid because it 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 it, it hits on all the cylinders of like things that are scary and intriguing for children. Yeah, I like that aspect too. Um, this definitely feels the most like it is a story for children, and the fact mm-hmm. that you have secrets. And I like the idea that the best thing, like a child's dream, is that they can have a secret. That's better than an adult's secret because adults always have the best secrets from children. Yeah, right. And the secret, even if it's like secrets that are mundane, like I know how to work a car. <laughs> right. Like, like secrets. They I can, can eat be... candy until my teeth fall out. Nobody can stop me. <laughs> I can know that becoming an adult, which you desperately want to do as a child, is actually a big old swindle and is not fun <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, that's a secret too terrible to tell a child. Do I seem like a happy guy to you? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Uh, I like the secret. I like the secrets thing. I mean, I think that really uh, children like secrets so much because it's kind of one of the main things that separates them from adults. Adults are allowed to know secrets and the ability to keep a secret is sort of like what separates children from adults. Yeah, yeah, the ability to keep a secret is something that no child can do. (laughs) It's true. But also the real fact of the matter is adults tend to keep secrets that they don't actually want to tell anybody versus children keeping secrets that are exciting to tell other people. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's one of the few ways that a kid can have power for good or ill. Um. If you want to kind of just just maybe lightly touch on this, I don't have a a whole bunch of uh, preconceived notions, but here we are at the end of season two. What do, you, do you have any thoughts on the season as a whole? Um, direction the show seems to be heading, things you like, things you don't like. I think I I can start off. It's clearly longer. There are definitely more clunkers this season than there were in the first season. I think that probably can be expected with with you know, more episodes. But I think the highs are even higher. Um, uh, like three's a crowd is is an all timer. I, I I'm I'm already ready to be like I think it's the best episode there ever was. 
it's it's possible. I I mean I don't know if I agree with you. I feel like last last year we were fifty fifty. We liked half of them and we didn't yeah, like half of them. I, I there guess are you're right. Six, it's, right? Yeah. So that's right. not that crazy. Yeah, um, I'm probably you're you're right. I'm probably just wrong just because I'm th- I'm thinking about like the Corman's calamity and the. Uh, but also know, remember the, like Skin Deep, like that was a terrible yeah. episode. I would I would say it's probably getting a little better. I don't think when I think back on the season that I thought like, holy Moses, 50 percent of these stink. There were things I didn't like as much. Uh But I mean, I I think it's going in a great direction. I, you know, the the charm of an anthology series um, is that if you don't like an episode the next week, you're going to have something totally different. That's why (laughs) if you're not having a good time. It'll be done in about 20 minutes. Yeah, and they're short. So, like, just it's all cool. You, in fact, and you, you, the public, don't have to watch them all. Mm -hmm. We watch them so you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think it's good. I I think you can see the the greater production value. Definitely getting better. I've actually enjoyed his commentary for the last two. Um, There's a lot more money sloshing around for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought that his uh, his commentary for this one, and like where he begins with reading Oliver Twist, is cute. Yeah, that's um, cute. And uh, I liked the one before quite a bit, where he's like getting surprised in his own mirror. <laughs> um, I know we we talk less and less about the crypt keeper, the crypt keeper. Well, maybe we should Chris. start because he's. I think it's getting better. Yeah. I was really, I used to really dread it, and now I I'm happy to see his little yeah, wrinkled yeah. face. Um, uh, like, like, like I said, that's also the thing where I only remember like three, four episodes back. I do think that it's um, this. It doesn't. It felt. It felt to me like the first season had probably because of financial concerns had a little bit more of a kind of odd house style a little bit, and I think we get a more varied cinematography this season uh, with the second season. But even then, like I, I even but even that's probably not true because all through the house looked looked gorgeous um, and objectively quite beautifully shot uh, as. As this episode is too, so uh, they feel yeah. more expensive. I mean, we've, we're definitely having more celebrities. Yeah. Um, the locations, like it used to be, that you'd kind of have like maybe two yeah, locations. The, 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 they now were kind of like kinda... filmed stage plays a little bit. Yeah, it's it's sto- it's stopping from being quite so much like uh, yeah, yeah, film stage yeah. play. Now it feels more. The world feels a little bit bigger this season, yeah. and I suspect yeah. it'll only it'll only get better. I'm excited oh, about yeah. season three. Oh man, how much did you like in this uh, in uh, in this episode? The secret, the blue filter on the night shots when they're saying goodbye. I was like, well, this looks cheap and bad. But when they're when the Draculas are chasing him, mm-hmm. so good. I also like Mister Colbert and how weird he is. <laughs> Looking forward to having him. I thought it was kind of a mistake when they make him have dialogue that isn't just echoing what his wife says. Uh, agreed. I also was sad that uh, that Tobias dies. I kind of yes, was hoping but- that the Tobies could like. Yeah, team up or whatever. Yeah. But also, I like that it was presented totally unsentimentally. It's like, and he's dead, and run, kid, run, 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 run. Yeah, I kind of was hoping that it would be a thing where he goes back and he turns to, he's right, like, right. like, Tobias. Miss Hank said, is there room for one more orphan? And it's like, Tobias. <laughs> it's like Mr. Belvedere. Oh, I just meant like, Tobias is like, they wouldn't make you a vampire, um, but I will make you a werewolf. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Oh, so, we, yes. Yeah, that's the other way I was imagining this. In like a, if this if this movie, if this episode was a completely different genre of thing, where it becomes like now they have to team up and kick vampire butt. 
Well, not even that, but just like he's like like kind of the mirror image where he's like, I have a better secret. You, you get the essence mm-hmm. like they're he's living in their house. No, they're living in his house mm-hmm. and he's going to do right by the people who work there. So like, sure. Tobias, you want to be a powerful supernatural being? Be a werewolf with me. Mm-hmm. I can't make you a vampire, but I can make you a werewolf. Yeah. We need a new, we need a werewolf movie. Uh, we covered one for uh, Space Bros for uh, Halloween. We covered Ginger Snaps. Yeah, I did Ginger Snaps, right? Mm-hmm. Has that dropped yet? Yes. I, I, if so, I haven't listened to it yet. Yes. This was, that, Ginger Snaps is the, only, is the only werewolf movie I can think of that's kind of modern. We're American Werewolf in London. Oh, yeah. yeah. But also, it's like it's relatively old. They did a remake, American Werewolf in Paris, which was not good. You don't like Hemlock Grove? <laughs> Hemlock Grove. This is so. It was like the first series that was like a streaming series. Where I was like, "This is not good." Very bad. Very bad. Yeah. Which, would you like to watch uh, Skarsgård just hold an ice cream cone like a total pervert? <laughs> I would. I just don't want to watch Hemlock Grove. Yeah. All right. All right. I go first. Boys first. Men Ring. first. Men first. Men first here. This is a men's ceremony. I love the um, idea of men's men first. Men first. That's that's, that's you know the way it's mostly been. <laughs> True. It's mostly it's pretty pretty encapsulated. Oh, that's the patriarchy. No, that's a capitalism. No. Um. So I give this guy four out of five dessert montages out of five. Oh, that's funny. I gave this four out of five child plumping ice cream sundays that would make Tony Soprano proud. Oh yeah. Do you like that I said four out of five dessert montages out of five? <laughs> yes, I did like that. Four out of five guys that are five that are brothers who are brothers. Who are you guys? Who are you guys? Who are your brothers? What pods do your brothers listen to? Yeah, what, pod, what pod, pods my brother likes? Um, so next time we're going to be wrapping up this year in some brightly colored paper and shiny ribbons with the Spielbergian Christmas classic Gremlins. It's so Spielbergian. It's made by Spielberg. Uh, <laughs> the Joe Dante classic. So, you know, you have a little bit of rap RT here. Was Gremlins part of your childhood? It was not part of my part of everybody's childhood, but the Johnston children. The Johnston children, no, get Gremlins at Christmas. I remember watching Gremlins 2. I did not see Gremlins 1 until I was an adult. Yeah, I don't think I even saw Gremlins 2. You must have been you must have been sneaky Pete watching on the sly without me. I mean, I think I feel like I saw Gremlins. I feel like I, I watched mean, Gremlins, it with you. Gremlins was everywhere. The merchandising was everywhere, but I don't think I did I don't recall ever actually watching the movies until I was an adult and being like, "Hey, this is surprisingly rad." <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I'm excited for that discussion because I feel like Gremlins is one of those movies that I really like a lot, but I think might be morally bankrupt. But we'll see. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But we'll okay. see. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, life life is and full of And we never made ones. another episode. <laughs> and we had such a big fight, we aren't friends anymore. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening to Crip Creepers. Uh, joining us for this season two. Very exciting milestone achieved. Um, and maybe... <laughs> And maybe you want to give us a little, a little prize for that in the shape of uh, going on to whatever, however you're listening to this podcast, whatever new fangled app you're on. Brother and Pod, Stitcher Pod, 
Brother pods, sister pods. My mother, my sister, my mother, my sister pod. Baby shark cast. Yep. Yep. All those. Any of those. Um, (laughs) Momo pod. The pod for people that doesn't exist. Um, we need to we need to create a bunch of different different ways you can reach out to us. Like hit us up on Twitter or FetLife or Only Farmers. <laughs> um, but you get to reward us for uh, all of our hard work this season by leaving us a nice little review, or at the very least, for subscribing to us. You can follow us into season three. Uh, we have a website outrageousmechanisms.com slash crypt dash creepers. Um, and we also have uh, a Twitter presence at Cryptsibs or Instagram at Crypt underscore Creepers. Uh, Till next time, kitties. I have heard that it sucks to be a vampire. Get it? But <laughs> if you're a werewolf, for most of the month, it's a total treat. But those three full moon days really go to the dogs. Ow! Ow. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs>